I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We're now dealing with the next section in the Word of God chapter, the longest chapter in the book of Psalms. We're dealing with 176 verses, of which 172 of them have synonyms for the Word of God. In this section, uh, we're going to be dealing with two distinct opposites. One, the great opportunities of the Word of God, and then the great opposition to the Word of God. In our last section, we saw the virtue of the Word of God, the value of the Word of God, and the verity of the Word of God. Well, the psalmist here, as he continues, Psalm 119 says in the first part of this, in verses 17 through 20, that there are great opportunities that are in the Word of God. Unfortunately, the last few verses, he'll deal with the great opposition that there is to the Word of God. When we look at verse 17, it says, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Well, the word bountifully there and that he wants to be dealt with has the idea of reward. It comes to the benefit, benefits me. By the way, the, the word of God is beneficial. You know, it's profitable. It does good things. And in that verse that talks about that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, it gives positive and negative things it's profitable for. It's profitable for doctrine, the things that it teaches us. Praise God, it teaches us what we need to learn, to know, to live soberly, righteously, and godly. But it also teaches us at the end of the verse, instruction in righteousness. It teaches us not only the doctrine, but the duty, the right things to do, the right things, the right conduct. In the doctrine part, we have the right character. In the duty part, we have the right conduct. Now, in between those two are the two negatives. And it talks about for reproof and for correction. And we're just correcting wrong doctrine, and we're reproving wrong uh, conduct. We're getting ourselves right. So the psalmist here is talking about deal bountifully. Treat. It has the idea to treat a person in the root of it. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I might live and keep thy word. Now listen, he didn't want to just live. He wasn't saying to the Lord, deal really good with me because I want to live. I want to keep breathing, you know, and I want to keep doing my own thing. He said, I want to live 
and keep thy word. I want your word to be the thing that I observe, guard, and put around me like a watchman. I want your word to be every single thing it can be. I want nothing more than thy word. Period. End of story. So much so that in verse number 18, he clarifies his position. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Oh, that our eyes would be open, that we would see things from his word. I mean, I ask the Lord when I am reading his word, this is my prayer each and every time I say, Lord, Open my eyes. Let me see Jesus. Leap off the page. Talk to my heart. Give me the understanding. Open thy eyes. The psalmist said, do that, Lord, that I may behold wondrous things. The word behold means to get hold of, to look, to consider, to regard to regard with pleasure actually is the total thing. That I may regard, behold with pleasure the wondrous things, those marvelous things that I get out of your law. One of the synonyms for the word of God. The very laws of God that were inscribed upon them. The question becomes, do you see when you read the word of God, the wondrous things that are out of his law. Do you even pray to see the wondrous things that are in his law? You see, you need to answer this question because if you don't, you might find yourself walking down the road to Emmaus and saying, you know what, we don't get it, we don't understand it, and we don't want to. But the guys on Emmaus weren't like that. Because the two men, as they were confessing to Jesus all the things that they were seeing, Jesus opened to us the scriptures, is what they said. In Luke's gospel, chapter 24, and they said one to another, listen to this carefully, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Open my eyes. Oh, I want my heart to burn within me as he teaches me the awesomeness of his truth. In that same passage in Luke's gospel, it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded, that's Jesus, unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Open my eyes that I may see, the songwriter said. Open my eyes that I might behold the wondrous things out of thy law. Now we get to the next verse, verse number 19. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Now when we look at this part of it, we see an interesting thing. I'm a stranger here. I'm just passing through. He realizes he's a sojourner. He's not trying to put down roots and, and live in this world like he's part of it. You see... I think the number one problem we have today is we're trying to plant roots in a place that's not got the ground we need to grow in. We need to get out of this ground and get into the fertile ground of the Word of God and things of God and heavenly things and live as a sojourner, a pilgrim, just passing through whatever it is. If we have a short life that's a couple of years or maybe into our 20s or 30s, 
or some 40s and 50s, some 60s and 70s, or a longer life, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and some even make it to 100. That's a drop in the bucket to eternity. We're just sojourners here. We're just pilgrims on a journey, and what we're doing is we are citizens of another country. We're headed to that country, but while we're going that way, we're doing the will of God. And one of the things God wants us to do is tell others about where we're going and how they can get there. I'm a stranger here in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Oh, I I don't want them to be hidden. Please don't do that, Lord. Hide them not from me. I want to see clearly. I do, folks. I want to see. I, I don't want things to be hidden. I want God to share and show me everything that there is great opportunities in the word of god my soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times boy i like that at all times isn't that a good one man i'm i just i desperately long to know what you're telling me at all times i just I'm desperate to know what you want. I, I, at every moment of my life, at every juncture of it, at every minute of my day that I live and breathe, oh, Lord, I just want to know. My soul breaketh for the longing that it has. It means that it's crushed. My soul is breaking. It's crushed for the very longing, that strong desire that it has to have your judgments at all times. I want to ask you, is your passion, is your passion to know him? Paul said it like this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. That sounds great because we all want to experience the power of God. Amen. The power of his resurrection. He could lay his life down. He could pick it up. He's God. He's powerful. I like it. Let me be powerful. But Paul went on and said, and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Now that's a whole nother story. It's one thing to say, I want to be like you in your power, but I want to be like you in your sufferings, being made conformable unto your death. Paul wanted to know him. He was passionate to know Christ as intimately as he could, and he knew that that meant not just the power of God, but the sufferings of God as well. My soul is longing. How are you doing in the longing department? Are you longing for him? Do you long to have the word of God speak to you? Do you love to open it up? Do you enjoy your devotions and your Bible study time? Is preaching something that you look forward to when you go to church? Is Sunday school something you look forward to because you're going to be taught the very word of God and you're saying, Lord, here I am. I long to hear from heaven. Fill me with the good things of God. God, oh, give me the very will of God, the very words of God. Put me on the right way, the right path. Don't let me make a mistake. I don't want to make a mistake. Boy, that's one of my prayers. Lord, I'm I'm so flawed and human. I don't want to mix my thinking with your thinking. Please don't let me make a mistake. Let me get your will. I long to get it right. I long to live it right. And I long to to do it right great opportunity in the word of God and the psalmist recognized it but when we get to verse number 21 all of a sudden we turn a corner and we now see the great opposition 
that's in this word of God. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Oh, my goodness. Those who are straying, their error. The word error means to go off the wrong path, to go off the deep end, to go to the side of. They're just doomed because they don't get it. He said they're cursed. They're absolutely cursed. They're bitter. I did that curse is a bitter cursing because they err from the very commands of God. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to be a Christian. I have to give up so much. What they're saying is, I, I don't want to, have to be under anybody's commandments. I, I would just like to say that as a teenage boy who got saved at the age of 14, I don't recall giving up a lot. Now, I, my music changed. My words and vocabulary changed. That's what God wanted. But I don't know where I gave up anything. What I, what I see is anything that I needed to take out because it was displeasing to God, God had something to put in that was far better. So there was no void. There was no emptiness. God said, this is better than this. And it's true. God can replace what you used to do and say and think and act with things that are so much better. He's rebuked the proud. God, you know, he gives grace to the humble, but he resisted the proud. Well, the next verse says, Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. In dealing with these people who are causing all kinds of problems, he also realizes that because of the, his love for the word, he's persecuted in it. Now, there's a lot of persecution around the world for Christians. And uh, not so much in our country as in others, although it is getting there. We're trying to take Jesus out of the public arena at an alarming rate. And that would not be anything our founding fathers would have ever dreamed would have happened. If we could bring them back, I think they would be absolutely haunted by that. But he's saying, look, I, I, I'm doing what you're telling me to do. So would you remove me from the reproach? Will you please take and remove this from me because out here there's people who are openly rebuking and reproaching and trying to disgrace me because I believe your word and contempt the idea of the word contempt is to be totally despised to be disrespected to be shamed it's an attitude of scorn boy I tell you there are some people that really reproach you. But let me just tell you something, and I want to encourage you with this. When I was a teenager and I was uh, coming home from school, many times some of the kids would walk behind me. And when I carried my books uh, on the side under my arms, my top book was always my Bible. I went to the public school. I had my Bible as the top book, and they knew it. I would come home, and they would step on the back of my shoes, push the books out of my hand, and slap me on the back and make fun of me. And there were many times I wanted to just blow and erupt. But I knew if I did, any testimony of trying to win them to Christ would be crushed, would be history, would be done. We'd be over with. It'd not be, it wouldn't make it to a hill of beans. What I said, because my attitude and what would come out of my mouth, I don't know if I got angry. So I would put up with it, go home and pray. One of those people... When I went off to college years later, graduated high school, I went to 
uh, uh, Bible college for one semester, and I went early. I went my uh, second semester of my senior year. I had enough gradu- uh, credits to graduate. When I came back, this young man was actually in our church and was in a drama that they were doing at the church. And I said, what, 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 what's going on here? They said, he got saved. He is a pastor today. So, uh, yeah, remove me from the reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. And I, I've guarded them, and I've kept them treasured. But thank God, if you will just endure that till God removes you from it, it will be a witness. It will be a testimony. Don't lose your cool. Take the persecution. If it one, by the, the, the Scripture says it from God himself. If they compel you to go a mile, go two. If they smite you on the one cheek, turn the other cheek. Well, here's the next verse. After he says, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. He then says, princes also did sit and speak against me. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Now what's happening here is there is another group. Princes speak against me. This is not just the ordinary person that will persecute you. It's people in high and powerful places that will persecute you. We're being persecuted in the higher realms of government because they're taking in lawsuits and putting them into the highest courts of the land, trying to say you can't have God here, you can't put his name there, you can't have a cross here, you can't do this, you can't do that. They're saying we're intolerant when we've allowed all these things to be because we believed in freedom of religion in, the, in America. But now they're saying we can, you can have this and this religion. You can have this and this religion. But wait a minute, Christians, you can't have this. The ones that are intolerant are them. I have a message. My message will not change. My message will stay the same. Jesus saves. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. The message is the word of God, the Bible. That's my belief system. That's where I stand. Upon this rock I stand. Period. End of story. But. That's not being intolerant. That's not saying that you have to believe like I believe. I'm telling you, if you don't, you'll regret it. There'll come a day you'll regret it. But I'm not out there demanding that you do this. I'm just telling you what Jesus did for me, allowing the Holy Spirit to convict you and leaving you with to make the decision. Remember, one plants, another waters. God gives the increase. But my friend, the bottom line is simply this. People have to make their own decisions. But I can, they can stand by what they believe, and it's okay. The world doesn't get mad. They can stay by that and come out. But I haven't changed. I stand by what I believe. I'm not going to change. But mine's wrong, and theirs is all right. Does it make sense? Does it? Those in high places are speaking against me. They sit in judgment, and they speak against me. But here's what he did. He said, but this is what I've done. I, thy servant, did meditate in thy statutes. I just regurgitated back up all the good word of God. I chewed on it some more and some more and some more. I meditated on it. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 8. The only time the word success is used in the Bible right there is that verse. And I thank God that success has everything to do with meditating in the word of God. And living the word of God instead of all the stuff that we put success into. So here is the psalmist. He's saying there are those that are rebuking. And there are those that are trying to get me to uh, 
do this and that because they have erred from the commandments. I don't listen to them. And then there's the powerful. They're sitting down and they're speaking against me. But I just meditate on your statutes, those engraven things. I, I meditate in the word of God, that written word of God. I just keep meditating in it. And I keep thinking about how good you are because of verse 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. I love this. Thy testament, Lord, what you've testified to, your word, what you've said, that's my delight. That's what gets me up and going. I look at your word, what you've testified you're going to do, have done, and are doing, and I just say, glory, hallelujah, that's what I want. I like it. I'm going to be part of it. I'm delighting in it. Thy testimonies are my delight. It's, what, it's my enjoyment. It's my pleasure. Most people get pleasure out of amusing things. I, I just want to share with you something to muse. You'll find that word in the Bible. While I was musing, the fire burned. The word muse means to think. Now, when you put an A in front of words, and it, it, mean, it negates it. For instance, Gnostic means to know. Agnostic means to not know. Theist is to believe in God. Atheist is to not believe in God. Muse is to think. Amuse is to not think. And we have whole parks called amusement parks where you can go all day and not think. But here he said, thy testimonies also are my delight. That's where I get my pleasure. That's where I get my delight. That's where I get my enjoyment. I don't get it from the amusing things of this world where you don't think through them. I get them from your testimonies. They're not only my delight. They are my counselors. Wow. That's where my counsel comes from. When you're in persecution and you're not knowing what to do or how to act and you don't know what to say or how to combat the situation, you get a counselor. And he said, what you've said in your word becomes my counselor. And so I take the word of God and I think what it says. It says to stand. And having done all to stand, stand therefore with the whole armor of God on. And he talks about all the pieces of armor. He said, lest we go out there without the armor of God, we're going to get shot and get hurt. And there's no armor for the backside, so there's no room for retreat. We just got to keep on keeping on. The counsel of the word of God. He talks about persecution all through the scriptures. Peter talked about it when he was talking to the Christians. Though the trial of your faith and he talks about the fiery trial and he talks about coming forth as pure as gold and the trying of our faith works patience and patience virtue and on and on it goes the very counsel we need we get from the word so listen here we go when i have my devotions i delight in it it becomes my counselor it talks to me and teaches me. When I go to church and I hear the word of God and I delight in that Bible being preached, ah, oh, it becomes my counselor. When I go to Sunday school and that teacher teaches the word of God, it becomes my delight. That's why I went, I came to hear, and it becomes my counselor. It's my delight in my counselor. When I am engaged in the word of God, I'm doing it out of a heart of love and joy and delight and pleasure it's what i do i meditate in it and that becomes my counselor it 
guides me into all truth through the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God teaches me that truth, and he brings it back to my memory so that everything I need to live is right there. In the session before this, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So he made it very clear. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Yes, sir, the Bible has great opportunities but it also has great opposition. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. May I remind you, if you've read the book, you want to talk about a great counsel. If you've read the book, read the back. Christians on God's side win. I, I kind of get tickled when people say, I want God on my side. Someone said to Abraham Lincoln, you know, about uh, God being on his side. And Abraham Lincoln replied, I'm not so much interested in God being on my side as I am my being on God's side. That makes all the difference in the world. I want to be on God's side because I read the back of the book and on God's side, God wins. If I'm on his side, then I'm on the winning side. There were two thieves on a cross. One was on the left and one was on the right. The one on the right side had the right to go in. The one on the left side got left. One made the decision that made all the change of the world. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The one on the left side never made the change. His destination remained the same. And like the rich man in hell, he probably lifted up his eyes saying, Lord, I changed my mind. But it was too late. And how sad the fate. When you find the time to come, one day too late. My friend, the Word of God chapter. Oh, that was great that we're just into the third section. We're going to be into the next section, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to get deeper and better and more awesome as we look at the Word of God through the lens of the psalmist in the longest psalm and realize the great power we have because God wrote it down for us in the holy pages of His holy Word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that we would take the Word of God serious. We would hide it in our heart. We'd meditate on it day and night. Lord, we would find ourselves enjoying it. It would become our pleasure. It would become our desire. It would become our, our, our total life. It's wrapped around the God of the Word and the Word of God that we would look in the Word of God and read it and read it and read it and hear it preached because we're looking and listening to hear from Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, I plead that we might open our eyes. That's what the psalmist said, open thou mine eyes. I want to see the wondrous things. I want to see you, Lord. Help us to see clearly who you are through your Word. In the blessed name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.
This is Pastor Walton. Have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.